Like we have something going here. We're building something special and you know, you can see it from the outside and inside, it's even more beautiful. The point of having a bunch of Ferraris and keep them in the garage, you know, like take them out to the track, so. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome everybody to another special edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by NorthJersey.com and The Record. I'm your host, Art Stapleton. Yet again, from the lovely confines of a hotel room in Indianapolis, day four of our scouting combine week. Today on the podium, it was the defensive backs. You're likely going to tune in to NFL Network and watch the the on-the-field drills for the defensive linemen and the outside linebackers, inside linebackers. And then on Friday morning, it is – the media frenzy for the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and the running backs. For all of you who believe running backs don't matter, you can kind of exclude them and then just focus on the quarterbacks and the and the wide receivers. But I'll get you that schedule, at least the media schedule, because I know there are some listeners who like to be on social media and follow what's going on uh, with the quarterbacks and receivers in their interviews here uh, from the combine. So I will, uh, I'll read off their availabilities, let you know what times just in case uh, you're curious and you want to kind of follow along as we're doing our interviews tomorrow morning from the convention center. Today's show, a little contrarian view to some of you giants fans who are desperate for quarterback Chris Sims, you may know his father, and if you don't, well, then I don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast, but Chris Sims of NBC Sports, his own podcast, and as I joke with him, the proverbial Sims bomb that usually comes out before the draft where he takes his opinions and Sometimes they match up and line up with everybody with a, with what everybody else is saying, and sometimes they don't. And sometimes he hits, and sometimes he misses. Like when he said Zach Wilson was the number one quarterback over Trevor Lawrence, or when he makes a hit, going back to Josh Allen. So that's where uh, we're at. Talk to Chris uh, offset down in the convention center, uh, kind of in between media availabilities. I think you'll enjoy what he has to say. We're not just talking about what the Giants will do, but kind of get his rundown a little bit of what it's like for Marvin Harrison Jr. when your parent is a legacy and you come to the Combine and what is that like trying to live up to that uh, and I, yeah, I thought he gave some really good things. We kind of went back and forth. And then he recalled what his combine experience was like back in 2003. And it's certainly grown considerably since then. So that's where we're at. And we'll come back after the Sims interview and hit on a couple things. I'll get you that schedule for tomorrow's media availability. And then we'll wrap up day four of our coverage here at the combine. So without further ado, let's head down, head to my interview with Chris Sims. 
So I'm here in Indy on the floor of the Combine with a good friend of mine and North Jersey's own. Ah, thanks. Chris Sims. What's uh, up, Art? We get to this time of year, the last couple of years, and everyone's waiting for the Sims bomb that comes <laughs> right. out. And I know you're still working on your rankings yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But overall, right. with with your Giants and yeah. uh, where they're at, what are you thinking for their, their options here? And uh, is it time to look at one of these quarterbacks and be serious? I, I mean, I don't think it is. I, I'm just going to say that flat out. You know, I mean, I, I look at the Giants and, I mean, pick number six, quarterback, all of that. I want to go, man, all the holes we got on the roster, you know, I say we because you know I'm a Giants fan. Like all the holes on the roster, and Daniel Jones to me is like, I, you know, I joked to somebody before in New York and just said he's like problem 73 on the Giants. Like there's like so many problems there, right? I know there's this, oh, well, he's been injured two out of the last three years, and I will go, everybody that plays quarterback for the Giants is going to be injured the way they protect the quarterback. So what do you expect? I mean, I'm telling you, you put Superman in there, he would have separated his shoulder last year. It doesn't matter, right? So I, I just look at it that way. That's, you know, if they want to get a guy that, you know, is an established veteran to come in and be a Ryan Tannehill, somebody like that to protect themselves from the injury thing, or if they don't think Daniel Jones might not play at a high level. Okay, I get that. Starting back at square one with, oh, all right, we're at quarterback number six, right? I, I mean, by all due accounts right now, they're going to have to trade up to get one of the top two or three guys. Right. So we're going to lose more assets and just leave more holes on the team. No problem. And that quarterback now will do the same thing and just, hey, it's quarterback. Can't you uh, just carry the whole team? No, they can't. There's like four of those in the history of football, right? So I'm a believer in build the team, right? And that's where I, I guess I still have a soft spot in my heart for Daniel Jones. So you build the team, then, then that goes to the receivers. I mean, guys I've talked to. Yeah, the old line's got to get better, right? <clears throat> I mean, they got to figure out is Evan Neal going to be a tackle? Is he going to be a guard, right? Andrew Thomas got to stay healthy. They got the center, right? Right. I know that. You know, but, you know, do they draft another tackle? Is that worth it? I don't know. The receiver thing is certainly, you know, interesting. Tell I me what you like about the receivers. Well, I, I haven't – to me, the only two that jump out to be, like, early on here, and, again, I'm not into this deep enough yet, but Marvin Harrison Jr. and the, the kid from LSU – you know, those are the ones I look at to go, okay, but man, top 10 receiver is usually really, really special talent there, right? So that's where I'm interested to see this go. I know the Romo Dunze from yep. Washington. I saw him in person this year. I think he's a really good player. He's certainly a first-round pick at number six. That would be too high for me. Definitely. He's not explosive enough to be the number six pick in the draft, in my opinion. But, you know, I think there is a little bit of a Marvin Harrison Jr. neighbors here there. And then it falls off. And the other thing I would say, too, is, again, wide receivers are growing on trees right now. It's one of the positions where I look at it and go, the devaluing of the wide receiver position, like we've seen with the running back position, might be right around the corner with how many good ones are coming out every year. It's interesting because it, right now it seems like it would be the opposite, right? The positional value versus what they're making on the open market. Yeah. If you can get a top five receiver in the draft on a rookie contract, it's almost like that gap between you know the it is, free it's, agency. It's great, but I could also give you a bunch of teams where go, they got a top five receiver in the third, fourth round, and they address seven other needs before they got to that pick, right? Yeah. You know, Puka Nakua, we can go through go through this this whole damn thing, and you could go through the NFL. I mean, some 
of the A.J. Brown was in the second round. Debo Samuels in the second round. I mean, we can get into a bunch of guys there to where I don't think you have to, at that position, necessarily hamstring yourself to, we got to get one in the top five or ten. I, I, I don't look at it that way. So I'd be, be interested to see, you know, what they do here. And, again, I don't have a great feel for the overall draft yet. So, like, if you want to talk to me in about a month, I can really start to give you some real solid, hard answers. Do you? I know you're, I'm not looking for your rankings about the quarterbacks, yeah. but um, you know when they come through here tomorrow morning, yeah. what are you looking for? I'm sure you're going to be talking to guys and that kind of thing. Right. What are you looking for from those guys? I can. Um, there is stuff to be learned in person, right? Like I had like yesterday, we had the DNs up here and been talking to me in Florida. I'm not saying that I can always look at the guy and go, oh, who's going to be a player? But more times than not, and my people that I work with here at NBC will tell you, I can usually tell the guy that's not going to work, right? I see that body at a defense end. I go, that, I've been around football my whole life. I've never seen a defense end like that that was good. <laughs> never. It's not going to happen. Right. He might run a great 40 and all that, but it's just not. It's not. I don't care. Right. So that's that's what you can learn. And I think with the quarterbacks, hey, the look test is certainly there. Like, hey, well, how's this guy built? Right. You know, can he take the pounding of football? Does it look like the muscles and athleticism are there to be something special? There's something there. And then the overall personality. That's big to me. You know, like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen didn't get these. I'm like, yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> They were, like, confident in themselves, and they can lead a team and be like, hey, oh, no, yeah, yeah, I saw you saw that. Oh, yeah, great, yeah, I did this, and then I was thinking about that, and hey, nice to meet you, man. I can't wait to – like, that's a quarterback. That's the control-the-room guy, right? Yep. And, you know, there's been some in the past where I'd go, eh, there's no way that guy's going to ever control the locker room. He better have another coach or another player on the team that can lead the team because he ain't going to be able to do it. I'm going to test your memory banks. Yeah. What was your experience like? going all the way back. Well, it wasn't anything like this then, right? 2003 Combine. I mean, it wasn't even on TV, right? You know, the media day was like, hey, Chris, can you come out in the hallway and talk for a few minutes to the pool of reporters, right? That was it. So it's just, it's, it's such a different spectacle. But, you know, I think the thing that was, for me, was and I had a narrative of you can't win the big game because we couldn't beat Oklahoma, who was only the best team in college football. But since we couldn't beat them, it was my fault. Uh, but but the the um, I think you know to me for my experience, it was all about the forty. The forty was just like the the thing I was. I knew I could throw the ball with anybody, but the forty lining up for that, knowing I was going to be you know judged pretty critically of that at 225 in the pocket quarterback right the the my greatest memory is lining up you know you know how they watch the 40 in the NFL the coaches and all that but on that day Bill Parcells and Jerry Jones decided to sit by themselves right at the starting line so that added more I was like oh my god and of course I know all these people I'm mean, like right. damn I've seen these guys my whole life I've known them they've been in my house Parcells right. did he yell at you just right. to get no, you no but he was him? looking at me and he gave me the shake and I was like oh my gosh I'm nervous as shit right now <laughs> and I remember literally running down the track going in my mind I was saying I'm running the 40th of the combine I'm running the 40th of the combine like I could <laughs> Couldn't even believe it. It was surreal because again, it's not football, right? Right. It's a different element for these guys because they're you know on the football field you can lose yourself and you're just into the game and the intensity of it and you can forget all that shit. When it's sorry about the bad nah, words, but no worries. When you when you when you're at this, it's yeah, you're a piece of meat and it's a little bit of a different evaluation. That was the on the field stuff. Obviously, the medicals are huge, yeah. but 
the interviews. Yeah. What do you remember? Do you remember your first one, the first formal, mm. or one that stands out to you that was kind of a little off the beaten path? Uh, you know, I just remember, and some of them, it was just like one or two people, and it was like that's all they wanted. They did. They just wanted to dissect me. And then I can remember going to the Green Bay Packers room, and like the whole organization was looking at me, <laughs> like everybody. And I was like, whoa. And if I could take anything back from how I wish I would have been a little bit more confident and cocky in my meetings with teams, I feel like I was pro I was a little bit too respectful. I think because I knew so many of them, I didn't want to come off as cocky or anything like that. And I look back at it. Sometimes they go, hey, you know, show me a game or, or a play, you know, that was really good. And I would show them one where it would be like, you know, I just I would pick stupid ones out for stupid reasons. Thinking back about it, uh, to be long story short, I wish I would have been a little bit more like, no, I'm I'm the man, and here's one where I'm the man, and and done that, and uh, I feel like that might have benefited me a little bit. Last one, yeah. if anyone knows what Marvin Harrison Jr. goes through, yeah, it'd be you. You could speak to what it is to follow the legacy of a father and sure. be down that line. What? What do you look for if you have the opportunity to kind of talk to him in this whole setting? Do you do you almost have that bond a little bit to know when you carry that name? Yeah. You know, you know what it means. Yeah. I, you know, there's a few guys in the draft, right, that are sons of ex-players, right? So that's – I think the thing I always look at is just like – you know, and I think more times than not, this happens to be true. And this is with, with me in my case. People are like, oh, the pressure. You know, you're Phil Simpson. I mean, I relished it because I loved playing. And I loved walking onto the field in Jersey, you know, Ramapo High School or a basketball game and hearing people like, oh, there's the Sims kid. There's the Sims kid. Right? Not I, your father. Well, and, but I, I remember the like, chance. Oh, I can't wait to show. Yeah, exactly. Not your father. You remember, right? I would, I would be like, oh, yeah, they're going to see the Sims kid today. Right? So I relish that. And that, to me, is what I want to know. Do they really love the game, or were they kind of cornered into the game because of their name? And more times than not, you can kind of get a feel in these situations to go, oh, no, this guy, is just, he's obsessed. Oh, he's he knows the history, right? Like, this is like he grew up going, I'm going to be in the NFL. I'm gonna be. It wasn't like he turned 17, 16 or 15 and was like, I don't know what to do with my life. I guess Dad played football. I'll play football, too. There is a difference in that. And the, the idea is, you know, look, here it is. We're waiting for the Sims bomb. I guess a couple weeks from now, you're yeah. going to be dropping it, and then we'll, we'll uh, yeah. re you know, re-engage. I, I just call it like I see it. We'll see where it goes, you know. Um, you know, it's last year I had, I had C.J. Stroud and cheered by himself, right? I had a bad year with the – I made Zach Wilson one over Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Uh, everybody else had Zach Wilson two. I'd like to remind everybody that. Everybody likes to get on me. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> Zach Wilson was your second, like just behind Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to – that will be coming out shortly. The one thing I could tell you is I don't think there's really a question about number one. That's 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 kind of this feels very much like a Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray year where it's like there's a clear cut number one. And now let's dissect two, three and four. And I think that's where it could be fun this year. Awesome. Chris Sims. Thank you, know you very much. You're the man. OK, thanks to Chris Sims. And, you know, like I told you, Chris kind of takes the contrarian view here with the Giants. And I've heard some, you know, longtime Giants talk about that aspect of it, that there's so much to build and so many holes. Why go after a quarterback this early? And, you know, I don't agree with it. I think you don't pass up if you have an opportunity to take a star quarterback that can lift you and get you further than 
where Daniel Jones is. And I have concerns on Daniel Jones's injuries. I've said that. I've told you that time and again. That's the difference between this year and last year. Should I have predicted that Daniel Jones would get injured again? Uh, well, I, I couldn't do that. And I couldn't say that for sure he was going to tear an ACL. Uh, and, you know, I think too many people kind of brush off the ACL and say, ah, it's a common injury in the NFL. Yeah, it is. But look at guys coming back from the ACL, and it's there are rare ca- cases where guys are right back to where they were before the ACL. It takes some time. And for Daniel Jones, to me, the best part of his game is as a runner. And he's coming back from an ACL injury. Uh, that concerns me, and that's why if the opportunity is there, I think the Giants should take it and uh, and go with a quarterback. But we still have time before that. And like I said, hope you enjoyed the interview with Chris. Uh, we would have liked to get uh, some video, and we're still holding out hope that we can do that uh, between now and the draft, that we'll have him hop in our studio and we'll be able to do a video together. Uh, so got to do what we got to do to get you the content. So we appreciate if you're watching it on YouTube and listening uh, to the interview with Chris. I hope you enjoy all the bells and whistles that uh, our producer, Paul Wood, puts together because we, we've both put a lot of time and effort into the show this week. So hopefully you guys are reaping the benefits uh, with an improved product from where we are. We're trying to get better every day. So uh, appreciate you sticking with us. Um, okay, let I promised you I was going to get you the media schedule for Friday. Let me call that up and give it to you now um, because uh, I know some of you guys like it. So I want to make sure that uh, make sure that I can get it for you. Let me um, let me see here. All right, Friday. All right, we go Friday right out of the gates, 8 o'clock. Jaden Daniels and J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix, all three on the podium on Friday. That's going to be very interesting all at the same time. And I want to hear from you guys. I'm going to put a poll up on my Twitter account. Which guy do you want to read about most with regard to the Giants tomorrow? And maybe that's how I'll manage my time and who I will go stand with. Do you want to hear from Jaden Daniels? Do you want to hear from J.J. McCarthy? Or do you want to hear from Bo Nix in that first window? Like I said, I won't promise that that's what I'm going to do because if I don't like the results, I'm going to have to do what I got to do to interview the guy that I want to interview for the column that we're going to be writing. But, uh, We'll, we'll keep that up uh, once I get off of the show. I'll make sure I go to Twitter X and put it up there. Uh, then approximately 8.20, you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. And let's see, who else? Adonai Mitchell and Troy Franklin from Oregon. Then at 8.40, you've got, let's see, Luke McCaffrey is there. Kind of interesting. I know it's not Lad McConkey. It's Lou McCaffrey is from Rice. You know the name. And Lad McConkey is also in that window. And then uh, a fellow by the name of Drake May is at 840. So 
can watch that one. Uh, watch for that one for those updates. Then nine o'clock, you've got Caleb Williams. I'm sure might not be necessarily Giants related, but that's going to be the one that's most packed. Uh, at the same time, you've got uh, Roman Wilson from Michigan, Jalen Polk, who I had in my mock draft for the Giants. Uh, that'll be there as well. Uh, 9.20, you've got Malik Neighbors and Michael Penix and Spencer Rattler, all in that 9.20 window. Then 9.40, you've got Rome Madunzier. Uh, he'll be in that window. Brian Thomas from LSU is also another interesting wide receiver. Then 10 o'clock is when the running backs start coming through. I'll be with Audric Esteme uh, from Notre Dame. That's in the 1040 window, and then that'll be it for tomorrow. Those are all the availabilities that we got. I gave you the top quarterbacks. There are some other guys that are in there as well that I think people would care about, um, but not necessarily first-round options. So that's the schedule for Friday, and I think we pretty much gave a rundown of everybody that the Giants might be interested in. You know, it, it's going to be a big day for p- prospects that are in play for number six. And, you know, the offensive linemen come on Saturday. Uh, we will not be here. Our weekend's tomorrow, heading back home. Uh, but, you know, we'll still be monitoring things from the combine out here in Indy. Uh, You're going to hear tomorrow, did you meet with the Giants? Did you meet with the Giants? Let me tell you, as I've reported all week, the Giants are meeting with every quarterback. They're going to have formal interviews with every quarterback. They're going to have formal interviews with every wide receiver that you're going to want to talk about. It's just the way it is. And when do you ask questions like, did you meet with the Giants? What was it like? You think back to Kayvon Thibodeau, and two years ago when he was here, he talked all about the Giants' visit from the previous night and kind of shed some light, and then the Giants, after drafting him, showed that interview, at least part of it, on their draft special, Giants Life. So it's very interesting to see what happens behind the scenes. Uh, And, you know, that's where we're at. We will come back Monday with another Giants-only mock draft, and then we will alternate every other Monday with the Giants-only mock drafts all the way up until the draft, which is the end of April. And not next – well, next week, a big day is Tuesday. It's the deadline for the franchise tag to be used. Uh, I still don't believe – that the Giants are going to use the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. I think they want to use it as a tool, as I told you yesterday. We talked about that on yesterday's show, so if you haven't listened, make sure you go back to that. Uh, With Xavier McKinney, it's still a little different. Do they use the transition tag, which would lock him in for the Giants at around 13-9, and then he can go to market and try to get a better offer, but the Giants would get the right of first refusal, and they would be able to match whatever offer he gets in the market if they want to keep him. They do not get compensation. So if Xavier comes back with an an offer from another team that he's signed and the Giants decide not to match, 
Then he leaves as a free agent to that other team, and the Giants don't get any compensation. Uh, that's the way it works. Now, no initial compensation. Now, there may be a compensatory draft pick down the line, depending on the formula that we talk about every year. It's the, you know, how much you lose in free agency, how much do you spend in free agency, and then how does that match up uh, with their formula and how they assign compensatory draft picks. Uh, that's a little bit more complicated and a little bit more of an unknown. Uh, so you can't say for sure that if Xavier McKinney or even Saquon Barkley leave in free agency that the Giants are going to get a compensatory pick because they could end up pulling, which I don't believe they would, but they could end up pulling what they did when they traded Odell. And then two, you know, two days later or a day and a half later, they go and they sign Golden Tate and, really eliminate uh, the the idea that they had the salary cap gain from trading Odell. And, you know, we all know that. There's no reason to go back and forth and, and keep doing that. So uh, that's where we're at. Appreciate you guys listening all week long. If you're listening on audio, I make a, play, a plea to you. We're trying to push on YouTube as well. Our video product, we're trying to get everything out. We want to make it convenient for you to watch and listen to All In. So when we do videos, we're going to try to get more guests on video. I'm going to try to be on video more. If you prefer audio, that's great. Stay old school uh, in terms of the podcast, what we've been doing from day one. Keep going to your favorite podcast sites. Omni, Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, anywhere you want to go to listen all in, you can still do that. But if you do watch podcasts on YouTube and you enjoy it that way, uh, I would encourage you to find our podcast on YouTube. I will put links out uh, on social media and see if you can you know, try it out a little bit. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, we want to continue, as I said, to evolve. We say Joe Shane needs to evolve as a general manager. We say Brian Dable needs to evolve as a head coach. Well, we here at All In want to continue to evolve for you, the listener and the consumer, and figure out what we can do to make this a better show, uh, even better than what we are already. And uh, hopefully you guys appreciate where we're coming from. The people I hear from always tell us how they appreciate what we do and the content that we provide. So hopefully you're enjoying that uh, as we're going along. And it's going to be busy. Next week, we're going to try to do some stream yards. We're going to try to do some stream yard, which is the video studio that we use. We're going to try to do that uh, leading up to the draft. There's a good chance we get Jonathan Jones from CBS Sports. He's really been a rising, you know, insider this offseason. I think if you follow him on social media, he's been right there with the top guys. So JJ said he will try to kind of do a free agency preview. So maybe we can sneak that in next week. Uh, I'll talk to Paul Wood about that and we'll see what we can do. Uh, but we're already looking into the idea of getting – uh, some videos with uh, prospects, the local prospects that I'm writing about. We're going to try to get some of those. So there's a chance that we get Max Melton from Rutgers. Uh, I've talked to his representatives. There's a chance that closer to the draft, he will join us for a video for all in. 
and he was outstanding today. Check out my feature on Max on NorthJersey.com. I also tweeted out the link. Giants are interested. Jets are interested. Uh, he's a great prospect. And you know what? Nobody sneezes at Rutgers DBs anymore. The McCourties, Logan Ryan, Deron Harmon, uh, this last year, Izzy and Braswell, and now Max Milton is the next guy. Uh, and they're all producing or have produced in the league. The OGs that I mentioned all have Super Bowl rings. We know Devin McCourty, uh, one of the greatest Patriots of all time. Uh, Jason McCourty got his ring. Logan Ryan got his ring. Deron Harmon got his ring. Uh, so these are guys that, you know, come from Rutgers. There's a legacy. Max Melton is that next guy. Uh, so check out. I put up a video on NorthJersey.com. We were going to try to get uh, some audio for the show. Couldn't work it out. So maybe we'll do some audio if I can get it uh, at some point next week. But like I said, I think Max uh, will end up coming on the show and we can do a video uh, with him. Uh, and I think you'll enjoy it because he's a, he's a, he's a rock star. He, he really is. He's a great personality. Uh, and you know, he's one of those defensive players that you kind of remember. So chance that he ends up in the top 100. You heard from Dane Brugler the other day, he talked about max and where he falls. Now, could he be a guy that early Saturday morning, that he goes early in the fourth round. Uh, yes, but usually those corners, when there's a run, they start coming off the board. So uh, no news on Saquon Barkley. His agent's supposed to be in town this week. They'll meet with the Giants. Xavier McKinney, his agent, according to Joe Shane, comes into town tomorrow. So might get some, you know, where things stand there over the weekend. Uh, but – that's where we're at. Everything is moving pretty quickly. We're all almost all through the combine already. But like I said, tomorrow is a big day. So we're going to do everything we can to produce it and get it out to you. Uh, I am also flying tomorrow. So schedule is going to be a little hectic. Uh, but as always, we try to do what we got to do. So make sure you check out that poll that I promised. Uh, I'll have it up tomorrow morning. You know, I'll have it up when we get done with this show and then, see what the results are, and then I'll take it, kind of take your lead a little bit as to which guy I go to in that 8 o'clock window. Uh, and if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, then, you know, we'll try to do it again at some point soon. So appreciate it for Paul Wood, for Chris Sims. Uh, I'm Art Stapleton. Thanks for being all in. We appreciate you, as always, being all in.